Die transformatietafel word met trots geborg dier Maxflex Cables. You are listening to the Transformation Table. Where we talk about God's business. Very welcome to everybody and um, you know, people that's going to listen to the podcast later and also on the radio. So uh, yes, welcome to everybody. Um, I wonder, Sandy, can I ask you to open with prayer for us, if you don't mind, please? Lord, what an honor and a privilege it is to gather together uh, today at your transformation table, where um, we cannot ever think that we can transform ourselves, Lord. And we invite you to be present this morning. And as you are in each and every one of us through your Holy Spirit, just come and work deeply in our hearts and transform us, Lord, into the image of Jesus. We just surrender everything, Lord, our thoughts, our mind, our will, our emotions. And we just come to you today fully present, Lord, meeting you at the table. We just thank you for that beautiful Psalm 23 where King David said that, um, You um, are with us through the valley of the shadow of death, that you anoint our heads with oil, that you provide for us so fully in abundance at the table um, in the presence of our enemies. So this is the table we come to this morning, Lord, for you just to minister to us, for us to minister to each other. And Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. And we're so looking forward to this last meeting of the year, just to really rest in your presence and enjoy this meal with you at the table, Lord, in the presence of our enemies where there's absolutely no fear, no shadow of doubt, no condemnation, no guilt, no shame, absolutely nothing, just basking in your glorious presence today, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, we just pray. Take over this meeting in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sandy. Thank you. So, um, I, I asked uh, Peter, and we started off um, talking about uh, two, two, three weeks ago about the the iron, um, uh, you know, the, the 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 forging of the of the of the sword or the fire, uh, the fine, refining fire, and uh, but I always leave the gap that um, you know if the Holy Spirit uh, puts something else on on the guy's heart, then that we that that we follow that first. But uh, I just wanted to say, um, you know, adding to this, in this in this battlegrounds that this, uh, we've been, some of these guys, um, Atman also one of them, um, being around this and Peter around this battleground, uh, we have we have definitely rubbed each other sometimes as well, you know, and um, and that's a good thing, you know. There there has been there has been questions asked to each other, say, hey, uh, you know, uh, what 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 are you doing now, or how is this going, you know, and. Um, uh, 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 Samuel as well, and um, you know, it, I think it's a it's tough at the moment when 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 it happens, but it's a good thing for us. It um, it grinds us to to the shape that we should be in. And um, on Tuesday evening, we had a meeting with the three hundred men, and one of these statements came up again. And I, and I just want to quickly read that to you before I hand over to Peter. And it says, God is not so much concerned about your comfort. 
but more in the, the development of your character. We are not here to be comfortable. We are here to develop our character. And, um, you know, that, that grinding and refining fire, uh, was it, was it Sandy in your heart, uh, where the song was playing last, last week? And, uh, what a beautiful song. I listened to it. Thank you very much for that. But, uh, the refiner's fire. So I'm going to hand over to Peter. Peter, thank you very much for, uh, you know, uh, I know that these, the, 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 and I don't want to uh, single out anybody, but I know that Peter and Peter go through a lot of trouble pre um, preparing for, for um, if I ask them to do uh, bring us some word. And I just want to thank you guys again for that. Um, thank you, Peter. And this, the stage is yours. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much for this opportunity. And uh, I'm going to be talking about refiner's fire, geraffineringsfeer, verfeinangsfeer. And uh, it's something that applies to all of us. So I have actually quite a bit to say, so I'm going to talk a bit faster because I'd like to throw the floor open at the end for, for our usual chat. So uh, you'll have to listen quickly as I speak first. More than anything else, God is working to form the character of Christ in us, as Menzo said. Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the Spirit that we know. Uh, this message that I'm bringing today is, is pretty much a, a foundational message of Christianity, but it's a message that we need to revisit over and over and over, because we go through the fire over and over and over. The goal of God is to change us from the inside out. His goal is for us to become a reflection of him, that not only he can see himself in us, but the people around us can see him in us. And he uses adversity, tearsput, trials, testings, tough times, as his refiner's fire to work on our character. James E. Faust put it this way, adversity is the refiner's fire that bends iron but tempers steel. We face all kinds of adversity and I think in general terms, the main, if we sum it up, it's mainly loss for lease. It's mainly loss. Loss of loved ones, loss of employment, loss of financial security, loss of personal freedom, loss of peace of mind. And the biggest one is alienation, loss of control from our situation. Our money doesn't buy what it used to. Our children don't listen like they used to. And it's loss. We seem to be on the back foot, going backwards, even though we're going forwards. Now, we often resist these fires of God, and we cry for them to stop. But today I want to encourage us again God does not want us to resist these fires, but to embrace them, to say, great, it's an opportunity to grow. 
It's an opportunity to get rid of some of my impurities. It's an opportunity to, for me to reflect God more accurately to the world. And so God wants us to press in, to press on, and to persevere, to come through the fire, every single fire. I want to tell a bit of a story today that maybe some of you have heard. Uh, I first want to read from Malachi 3 at verse 3. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi. That's the priests. That's us. And refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Now, the silversmith story I want to tell you about, a man read the same verse, and he made an appointment to go and see a silversmith so that the silversmith could explain to him the process of refining, of tempering. And he explained that refining is a heat treatment technique that is applied to ferrous alloys such as steel or cast iron for various reasons to achieve greater toughness by decreasing the hardness of the alloy, which is usually accompanied by an increase in ductility, rack bar height, to make you more flexible, more stretchable, more malleable, thereby decreasing the brittleness of the metal. So it's quite a process. Only the finest steel is used. The other is put one side. He explained further how the best pieces of steel, especially selected, are put through this refining process of intense fire, where they are held in the hottest center of the fire. Hammered, beaten, and dipped into oil. And this process is repeated until the steel is finally able to be hand-crafted, hand-formed into shape. This process strengthens their endurance, purifies them, and prepares them for service. Now, that's you and me. Strengthens our endurance, purifies us, and prepares us for service. And we'll talk about that a bit later. In our lives, the smelter is the Lord Jesus. He takes away the dross, the impurities, the foam, after the silver has been heated, so that the silver becomes pure. Every so often, he immerses it into the Holy Ghost oil of anointing. And immersing is dumpel, the whole lot in, not just part, to strengthen it even further. And he is only satisfied when the purity of the silver is such that he can see his own image reflected in it. 
So the man asks the silversmith, do you watch this process all the time? And the silversmith said, absolutely. If the refining time is extended by even one second, the silver is injured. You see, God puts us through fires, but his eye is steadily watching. And his wisdom and his love are actively engaged in protecting us through the process of refining. This process is not a quick fix. The Bible scripture that we read says he sits as a refining fire, as a refiner. He sits. It speaks of rest. It speaks of care taken. And it speaks of much attention given. It does not happen in a hurry. He keeps a close eye on the temperature of our fires and makes sure that we are not tempted beyond what we are able. Our trials and testings are individually, strategically planned by Jesus. They do not just come randomly. It's not a hit and miss. It's a laser focus. His plan for you and for me. And he will le never let us be tested beyond what he knows we can endure. Like your personal trainer at the gym knows you can do another one of those exercises. And he'll push you for that. Because it's in that last bit that you grow. <clears throat> Pardon me. It's in that last bit that your muscles respond and have to grow. And he knows. So we might think, I can't take it anymore. And he says, watch this space. He come down. And then he's going to take you further. And you're going to look back and say, surely, goodness and mercy followed me through that fire. And like Daniel in the Bible, you will come out of that fire and not even smell of it. You won't even smell of it. But you will have grown and you will have been purified and strengthened and become more flexible and your faith will have grown. You see, Jesus is the only one who can make sense of the flames. And he's the only one that can offer relief from the heat. And then the man asked the silversmith, how do you know when the process is complete? And the silversmith said, man, that's easy. When I can see my own image reflected in the silver, then and only then is the refining process finished. You see, when we give our life to Christ, he begins a work in us. He puts something of himself into us, his character, something that will shine forever, something that is so valuable to him, it is worth Calvary to whom, to him. He has a statement I want you to file in your head and think about this. <clears throat> Pardon me. 
een beetje vroeg nachtmaal. Here's the statement. To Father God, you are worth the death of Jesus Christ. Yeah, what a statement. You're worth it, Mensa. You're worth Jesus dying. Sure. Guy called Brad Wilcox put it this way. God would not put you through a refiner's fire if you were not worth refining. Atman, you're worth it. Sandy, with your new hairdo, you're worth it. You know, that's not what we say about ourselves. It's not what the world says or not what your father said or your boyfriend or your ex. But it's what God says. And that's the only voice that matters. Now, the refining fire tests the genuineness of your character. No person knows what he or she is until they are tried and tested. Endurance is unknown while there is nothing to endure. Endurance is unknown when there is nothing to endure. James Christensen said this, the purpose of Christianity is not to avoid difficulty, but to produce a character adequate to meet difficulty when it comes. It does not make life easier. Rather, it tries to make us great enough to be able to face and conquer the fires of life. 1 Peter 1 verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when at the revelation of Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ is finally revealed, that is when your character and my character has to face it. Many people miss this truth, and this might challenge you a little bit, but think about it. The whole purpose of this life now is not only about this life now. It's not only about whether you go to heaven or hell. Of course, it's about that. But it's about something far greater than that. It's more about whether God can use you when you return with Jesus for the 1,000-year millennial reign. Can he use you? Or will your character flaws rise to the surface? So it's not only about this. It's about that 1,000 years. It's about that millennial reign. When he says he will work all things to your good, he says, I will work all things to your eternal good. 
We're not always going to see the results in this life. This life is just the process. Will your character hold up? Here's some critical facts that we need to remember. On the Watergat program yesterday, I mentioned I also spoke on Refiner's Fire. And these are a couple of the facts that I put in. The two messages are very different, but number one, you have free will. You can ignore your impurities or you can own them and face up to them. God will not interfere. But if you will not confront them, you will never conquer them. You will just keep going around the desert one lap at a time until you die in the wilderness without achieving your destiny. Scary stuff. Number two, you cannot shorten your refining time, but you can extend it. You can lengthen it. Israel took 40 years to complete, which was probably a four-year journey around the desert. And even then, only two out of all the thousands made it. It's a narrow way. Christianity is not for sissies. It's a tough call. Number three, Joseph in the Bible is a great example of the right attitude to have. He went from the throwaway pit to slavery, to prison, and obviously at the end to the palace. After 10 years in a terrible prison, without any intervention from God whatsoever, two dreamers came to him and said, tell us about the goodness of God. And he was able to. Now, those 10 years in that prison, those prisons are not like our prisons now. They were underground. You couldn't stand up in them. You had to walk bent over. There were no windows, no aircon, nothing, no toilets, no hand basins. There was just a little furrow of sewage that ran right across the middle of the, of the cell. It was dark. Man, sure. All in all, he persevered that fire, all of those fires. At the end of the day, it took Joseph 19 years of fires for him to finally step into the destiny and purpose that God has for his life. 19 years. Jesus, 30 years for a three-year ministry. Now we go to Bible college, we think three years for a 30-year ministry. No, my friend, it's taken me a lifetime to be able to preach a word like this. 40 years in the ministry, full time, plus a lot of other. Point number four, only you can steal God's destiny from you. Nobody can steal God's destiny from you. 
but you can. And for now, you might only see fire and you might only feel pain. And there's voices saying, give up on that job. Give up on that marriage. She's not worth it. Give up trying to stay sober. Give up trying to become a better person. Give up living, man. Why don't you do the world a favor and just sort yourself out? Well, that's the enemy saying that. I'm going to speak a paragraph now that has taken me, as I said, 40 years in full-time ministry to put this paragraph together. It's a lifetime. See your situation from God's perspective, through his eyes, not through your eyes. Look for the big picture. Draw close to him. Do not run away from him. Renew your mind. What said he word? Where he refused. Renew your mind, your thinking. Get rid of your stinking thinking. Stop agreeing with the enemy. Come into line with God's word and agree with his word. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Just keep swinging the baseball bat. Sooner or later, you're going to connect in a big way. Whatever you do, do not stop moving forward because then you're already sliding backwards. Take baby steps and congratulate yourself after every few steps. I'm fully convinced that we do not celebrate enough in our life. We do not celebrate enough. Man, just COVID taught me I can't even take my next breath without God. Without him, I am totally undone. I celebrate my next breath. I woke up this morning. I said, this is the greatest day of my life. I'm got a cooking clue what's coming. But I know who holds my future. Congratulate yourself every few steps. Stay in your lane. Lay in your barn. Do not panic and run off after something else. Do not panic. Stay in the fight. When you mess up, don't give up. Dust yourself off. Get back in the fight. And above all, Guard your heart. Watch what you speak over yourself, over your marriage, over your job, over your health, over your ministry, over your children. Be careful. The devil will use the creative power in your tongue to sow destruction. He cannot do it. When the devil wants to create destruction, he has to look for a Christian that will lend him his tongue. Only you and I and God have creative power in our tongues. How's that? 
Do not isolate yourself. Do not stop meeting with other Christians. Talk to somebody about your fire. Talk to somebody, a more mature Christian or a spiritual leader. Winston Churchill said this, when you're going through hell, keep walking. We're going to break bread now because the resurrection power of God is available here now to you and to me to empower us to embrace and endure our refining fire. <clears throat> and just before that, I want to close with this beautiful old story about an old violin, an ophiule, battered, scarred, scratched, broken, seemingly of no value whatsoever. It came up for auction, and nobody bid at all. While I'm telling the story, maybe you just get your emblems ready. Nobody bid at all on this violin. All of a sudden, an old man from the back of the room got up and came forward, and he picked up the violin, and he gently tuned it, and he began to play it. And he played the most beautiful melody at such a wonderful volume that he showcased the real treasure inside this beaten-up violin. And, of course, people began to bid on it. And ultimately, it was sold for huge value. Never mind the outside. You can make a beautiful cup of tea in a cracked, beaten-up, welded teapot, bent and buckled. When they asked the old man what made the difference, the old man said this, I made this violin by hand. I know how to get the best out of it. The touch of the master's hand. Now, many a man's life, many a lady's life, out of tune, battered, scarred with sin, throw away, seemingly of no value to anybody. But then the master comes with his beautiful transforming touch and he releases the full value and potential. That has always been in that person. On that fateful night of the first breaking of bread, you will remember it was the Thursday before the weekend that Jesus was sacrificed. On that fateful night, nobody around that table knew what lay ahead except Jesus. And it's the same today. I don't know what this day holds. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what 2024 holds. None of us do. We do time to rise towards the election. But none of us really know. But Jesus does. And it's the same today. 
there is something that Jesus knows. He knew the purpose that he had for each disciple around that table. He knew the melody that he had put into each person. He knew the value. And he understood. And he knew what lay waiting for them in the future. And we know now, looking back, all of them had a very tough time. But he knew that. And this breaking of bread is because of our fires and the resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead is available to you and to me here today. By faith, Jesus knows that there is something of God in you, the character of Christ, that is so valuable and so precious it will shine forever. And God wants the world to see him in you. He wants them to hear him in your voice. He wants them to feel you in your love. A guy called Carl Logan said this, not all birds can fly. What separates the flyers from the walkers is the flyers have learned the ability to take off. To take off. And I want to encourage us today, make a life-changing decision. You cannot change your past, but you can make a decision today that will change your future. Make a decision to learn to take off and to fly because you can soar like an eagle high above the storms of life, free from fear. The devil's biggest weapon, fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of things that might never happen. Fear of running out of money. Fear of not being loved. Fear of not being accepted by people. Come on. Come on. Fear. You can soar above the clouds. But you need to embrace God's fire like Daniel did. Step straight into that fire. And you will find the fourth man in that fire. You want to talk about refining fire? Look at Jesus on that cross. His body broken until he was unrecognizable as a human being. Man, how bad is that? How bad is that? It took your death that you can have his life. His blood shed to take away every impurity and waste product, to pay for every sin, even those you haven't even yet committed, and to bring new life, peace, and reconciliation with Father God. Frieda 
and forsuning. I love that. The forsuning is like kissing God's hand or, I don't know, God kissing you or, I don't know. But it's a wow. He became a curse so you can be free from every curse, every spell, every hex, every act of sorcery, every act of witchcraft. And I'm not only talking to the people on Zoom this morning, but he did this so you may enter into his blessings. The choice is yours. You can rage against the machine. You can fight everything and everybody, or you can embrace God's refining fire and learn to soar like an eagle for God. Please note now that communion is for believers. It is not for non-believers. This is a believer's meal. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 11 from verse 26, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story, proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes. For this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in the wrong spirit will be guilty of dishonoring the body and blood of the Lord. So let each individual first evaluate his own attitude and only then eat the bread and drink the cup. Let's pray now as we take communion together. Father, will you please consecrate these emblems today? Would you please make the presence of Jesus and his resurrection power real to us by your Holy Spirit to empower us to change and to grow, to refresh us, to revive our drooping spirit, to heal us, body, soul, and spirit. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, Paul writes, I have handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself. The same night in which he was handed over, he took bread and gave thanks. Then he distributed it to the disciples and said, Take it and eat your full. Yet, Totdat jy versadig is of what Christ did on the cross. What does that mean? It is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. Let's take the bread now and we pray. Thank you, Jesus. You took our death that we might live for you. You paid the price of our sin. You became a curse that we might live in your blessing. Father God, I now choose to embrace your refiner's fire. And I ask that you help me to do so.
and that you teach me to take off, to fly, to soar like an eagle for you. Let's partake of that bread now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Personal Savior. He died for all of us, but individually. Thank you, Jesus. There was a time in that darkness where my name was on your mouth, on your lips. And so was Suze and Olidas and Pitos and Eileen and Beno and each one of us, where you did business with the Father in those hours of darkness. And you knew the song you've put into us and the fires we would face. Sure. Let's take the juice. Let's pray. 1 Corinthians 11, 25. He did the same with the cup of wine after supper and said, this cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it. And whenever you drink this, do it to remember me. Let's take the juice now and pray. Father God, I repent today of resisting your refining fire. Please forgive me for that. Would you please take away every waste product and impart to me today? By faith, I receive it now. I appropriate it. I end it on myself too. Impart to me now today here the strength I need to implement this life-changing decision. By faith, I now receive it. Amen. And now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I forbid the enemy from stealing any truth whatsoever that has been spoken in this time. I thank you for your resurrection power, real and available to us. We remember you, Lord, for we can never forget. We bless your name. I pray for each one watching and listening and will be listening. Lord, during this crazy time where the world has forgotten Christ, we pray that you would help us to bloom where we are planted, that we may put Christ back into Christmas in our own lives, in our own sphere of influence, in our own little way. May that song rise from our hearts today. May our voices, the bride, be heard, not apologetically, not passively, but with power and authority that you gave us, Lord. I bless each one and their families now. Your business, your ministries, your health, everything about you, your relationships. I speak blessing over you. I declare that the Lord is your shepherd. 
you shall not suffer lack. I thank you, Lord. We are more than conquerors through what you have done. We bless your name now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Amal. Sure. 40 minutes. <laughs> Sorry, it Amen. took what it took. It took what it took. But Thank you, Peter. The floor is open. Thank you, Peter. I just, if you don't, don't mind, you know, I lived this journey with you in the past 40 minutes of, of being in the fire and under the hammer and then on the grinding stone and then on the, on the polishing wheel. So I feel a bit of battered and bruised at the moment. Um, so I'm going to return the favor quickly. Um, Amen. The, <laughs> the, um, while you were speaking, I just realized that, um, the, the the refiner, the sword maker, the smith, does not make this beautiful sword to be strong and um, light and fast and malleable that it doesn't snap. He doesn't make this and polish it up to reflect his, his image and then to be put into a box, you know, to be put oh. in a display case. He makes it so that it can be a usable instrument. And um, while you were talking, I was just thinking about retirement. And this is the note that I made, and I'm going to be in trouble for this. But since we are in the grinding stone, I'm going to go for it. Um, and the, 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 the note I made here, retirement, the concept of retirement is the theft of awesomeness. And I can back it up, what I'm saying now, because, you know, I think there's so many people um, – and especially in South Africa, where it's so, going to be so needed. There's so many people that um, has been through the fire. The sword has been made. The sword has even got a couple of chips on already uh, from being in battle. And then it gets put in the display case, you know, retirement. And it is, it is exactly then when that sword needs to be used to its fullest potential. When it has been tested, battle tested, um, you know, to then tell people to go and sit on the stoop and and drink coffee is for me, uh, and 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 I'm not I'm not uh, close enough to retirement to 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 understand all of this, but this is just the thought that I had, and and my proof is Peter. Sorry to put you on the spot, but here's a here's a retired uh, pastor that's been in the ministry for forty years, and he brings a message like this this morning, where you should be sitting on the stoop drinking coffee and and being quiet. This is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, the the power. Um, yes, thank you, St. Sandy. Um, you know, uh, there's so many people that is that is considering retirement, and I want to beg them to stop considering sitting on the stoop and getting back into the society, getting back into our communities. There is so, so much that we can get from that wisdom of the people that is, um, that's been through the battle. You know, um, and I'm, uh, I think if we look at the table, uh, sitting around this table this morning, and maybe the older gentleman that's sitting in prison this morning, um, to to tell the young young uh, people um, to 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 rather choose life. I know, I know one of my favorite movies is um, Shawshank Redemption, um, and funny enough, it's a prison movie. But in the in in one of the things that he says, you can either start living. Or you can start dying. It is your choice. 
you know, and uh, I choose personally to start living every day. Um, so the, the floor is open. Peter, just the last thing, this this refiner's fire thing appeals to me. You know, we I, I do a lot of metal work. I'm a metal worker by trade, I would imagine. And, um, you know, the small percentages differences, you know, um, yesterday I was visiting our, my metallurgist uh, guru and uh, we were discussing what material to use for a job that's particularly difficult. And it's, it's it's expensive stuff what they're talking about. So it's important that I get clarity on it. But I mean, we were debating the difference of what the uh, the 11% chromium in the steel is going to do to the 13% chromium in the steel that I need to use, because we're going to get something that is highly polishable, but it's going to be a little bit more brittle. Do I want do I want the polishability, or do I you know which one of those two is going to be to at my advantage? For the job, and to be honest with you, I've ordered material yesterday, and I wasn't even sure that I bought the right stuff because the the differences are so small, but it has such a huge impact, you know. And and I felt the pain uh, earlier this year. We made two long gears, and um, you know, by the time I we put it into the into the oven, I've spent eighty thousand rand on it, you know. So that's two very expensive gears, and in the in the um, oven. I think I'm not sure what happened, but we might have left it just a little bit, and I'm talking about a little bit too long. And they bent, and uh, I put them. I sent them to somebody to straighten them out for me. As they, as that press, I mean, it's a 200 ton press. As it touched that gear, it just snapped like glass. Yeah. Both of them gone. Eighty thousand rand gone. You start again, you know. So it is the smallest of differences. It is such a light touch, you know. The mixtures, mixtures of the materials. How many? How much chromium, how much uh, carbon, how much what, and then the process of the heat treatment because it's a cycle. You know, you you heat up, you cool down, you heat up, you cool down, then you quench, and whatever different materials get different processes. So it's so unique and so individual to what you want to do, and what do you want to achieve, and what is the job that it's got to do afterwards. And I think that's what I'm trying to say. Everybody, all of us, has got a different fire that we go through. The process is an, as individual as a fingerprint. That God puts us through, yeah, and absolutely. because He's got a very specific job for you. Peter cannot do Menzo's job, and Menzo cannot do Atman's job. There's each one has got a very specific. It is very yeah. personal. So that's what I wanted to say, um, uh, guys. As you know, you put up your hand if you want to um, add something. Uh, please uh, partake in the discussion. Um, but yes, this is a message that is very close to Mark. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. You know, just the last thing we, the pressure is on us to give up too soon. And we never know when our fire is going to end. A particular fire that somebody's facing today might end tonight. Tomorrow it might be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, <clears throat> you endure. You know that uh, one of our friends that um, he's uh, he was uh, very overweight and he got um, uh, some operations and he and he and he just started going mad. You know, training and um, and he was looking. He's looking for mountains to climb. He's been all over the world. Um, you know, when COVID hit, he was sitting on Everest um, on base camp. And he said the one thing that he's learned from when he, when he's with his first climb when he climbed Kilimanjaro, one of the um, guides taught him, 
don't climb the mountain. Just put one step at a time. Just don't climb the whole mountain. Just put one foot in front of the other one. They've got a name for it in, in Kenya. Uh, I can't remember the name now, but just one foot in front of the other. Don't climb the whole mountain at once. Uh, Sadie, please uh, go ahead. Uh, good good morning. Good morning, family. And thank you very much. This is the first uh, time that I attend the Transformation and Community Development session. But um, I just wanted to say thank you very much. The message of today uh, was um, a message that um, one really needed in, you know, during this time. And um, I also want to agree that, um, you know, retirement, it's, it's, I think it's a word that needs to be removed from the dictionary. <laughs> um, I personally, as, as an older person, um, I retired in um, end of 2017, but I've never sat down. I've been working. I'm very active. And, and um, it's important that you should not be put in display cabinets because there's a lot of experience. We have gone through the fires. And, and, um, and I, I, I am 70 years of age now. And um, but I am still working in community development, doing research, and I focus a lot on what we call asset-based community development to change people's mindsets from seeing themselves just as nothing, but to appreciating that what they have in their hands is value. The talent that God has placed in their hands, they can use it to improve their livelihood. So I really just want to thank God for this message of today and that it is encouraging us to do more. And um, thank you very much. They say that um, that the people that is going to get to the age of 130 is already born. And a lot of people that we that living on earth at the moment is going to be get to the age of 100. So um, Sadie, that means that you've got another 30 years of community development to do. I'm looking forward to that. Um, we've got so much work to do. There's so much work to do, and there's so much that we can, that we need to, you know, learn and teach. Um, so yes, I agree with you 100%. Sandy, you've got your hand up. Yes. Um, thanks for that, Sadie. I'm also about to embark on the journey of the asset-based community development in our community in this new year, and. Um, and when you said you're 70 years old, I was thinking about Joshua and Caleb. Wasn't Caleb 70 or 80 when he entered the promised land? And then his life really began in earnest. Um, 85. 80, huh? 85, hey? Wow. I called him when he was 40. And he yeah. had to go in through the fires till he was 85. 45 and, years. And they needed to have that different spirit of wholeheartedly following God, but it took, as you say, 45 years of trials to get to that place. And I must admit this last year and this past few months have probably been the toughest season of my life, but more on an, on an emotional level. And I don't think I'm alone in this. I think the body of Christ has really come under the fire. Um, and our identity is being challenged of who we are. And do you have what it takes? I felt God say to me a little while ago that I'm going to need a lot of faith for where he's taking me to next. And um, 
that has been for me the most challenging thing is that this um that self-belief and trying to do things in my own strength and knowing that I can't do it in my own strength. So I think that refiner's fire is largely very much a part of stripping you of yourself and your own self-effort. It's very uncomfortable, very difficult. Um, so, but thank you so much for this message. I think it's a very fitting way to end the year, Gita. Yeah, so that's what I just wanted to say is that fire is um, really not very pleasant at all, but we just have to surrender to it and make sure that your identity, and this is a remind, I have to keep reminding myself every day in that mind renewal process that I am a righteous oak, you know, planting of the Lord to glorify his name and um, just to keep standing. And um, to remember my identity that I need to be rooted and grounded in his love, because without that, without knowing of, of that love to be rooted and grounded in it, everything becomes a pretty much a worthless exercise or pointless, um, in my opinion, or to me, at least, that's the way I feel. So um, it's just renewing the mind that is really, really difficult and challenging, but don't give up. It's possible. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Sandy. I just want to warn you guys, last time we had this discussion uh, in a December, we were talking about becoming gold to the become becoming value to those around you, you know, becoming gold. And um, Friek, I don't know if you want to um, tell the guys a little bit, but last time we had this chat, uh, uh, Friek ended up with uh, cancer. Um, and that was the battle of, um, of last year. And um, his refining process was um, was uh, harsh, you know. It was um, it was a tough one. I mean, uh, I remember mornings that we would sit around the transformation table. Freak, if you don't mind sharing this, I, uh, you know, I think it's important that Freak was sitting there with his little bucket next to him, and every once in a while on the screen you would see see Freak dip away um, because he was um, was under uh, uh, chemotherapy treatment, and that had its effects, but. Um, Freaky was sitting at the table with us, and you um, you endured. Um, uh, Freak, I don't know if you want to just quickly comment on that. Yeah, thanks, Minzo. I think, uh, well, I believe that the table, the transformation table, was a reason for me to stand up in the mornings. You know, when you feel you don't have strength to stand up, you, uh, it's like Peter said, so many times you want to give up and say, Lord, just take me. I can't take this anymore. And coming through it, the, the whole thing through it, as, as you said, we, we spoke about becoming gold. And uh, 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 going through that, that furnace of my life last year and still in, in the process of still going through it, after effects and uh, how many times the devil want to preach to me and say to me, it's back, the cancer is back. Uh, and you need to fight this thing the whole time but coming through a thing like that, um, it's all about your heart. You know, like, like that song said, purify my heart. Uh, if I see, if, it, if, it, if you can say to God, show me my own heart, I think most of us will run away if we can see what's in our own hearts. And if God needs to, well, if you ask him, very expensive prayer, I want to become like gold, He's going to remove everything out of your life that's not gold. And that's surely because he looks at our hearts and, and he starts with that. And 
if there's any anything like, let me give you an example uh, regarding the radio station now. Uh, I thought I was ready before I had cancer for, for the radio station in the presence. I know that I'm ready now because um, before the cancer, before that furnace in my life, that time, there was, there was still that you would you like the people to applause. I've been a, 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 I had all the talent to become a springbok. So uh, I spoke to somebody over the weekend regarding when when the people are not cheering anymore in your life. The pavilion is not, you're not on the field, the, the, the crowd is not cheering you, the lights are off, your rapid career is over, then what? That's why when I speak to rapid players and tell them, rapid, your life is not all about rapid. Rapid is a, is, a, uh, is a short blink of an eye in your life. But how many rapid players will commit suicide after their rapid career because they don't know what to do with themselves, how to handle uh, to be when there's silence? And, you know, you, uh, in my own life, it's one of my love languages. My, my wife know that is to be, to, to get a, a, a great from her. You know, so when she applauds me, I'm happy. If my wife clap hands and say, well done, my, my, my love, I'm happy. So before the cancer, it was like you wanted just people to say, you were still that in your heart to hear people say, wow, well done, you've made it. After the cancer, you don't even want to be, you don't even want to be in, a, in the picture. You don't even want to be, it's all about him. It's all about Christ. You live for an audience of one. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it was a tough time. But sitting, like I mentioned, said, there was mornings that I was so sick um, that um, I had no voice. And, you know, even this, this year, how I struggled to get back onto the radio, doing my own programs, um, going back into the prisons to preach and um because my voice is not there yet. Uh, I don't have my voice back as, as it was before I was sick. And then I just need to pray. This Sunday morning, past Sunday morning, we went to Oatswilling Female Prison. And um, I was just like, before I went in, I said to God, I said, uh, if, if Father, I need you. I really need you. I need to preach the good news to these ladies. They need to hear about you, but I need my voice. I really need my voice. And you can go and listen to the podcast. I was actually saying at one stage, wow, God is so good. Can you hear how uh, how nicely my voice is sounding today? And um, yeah, so yeah, it was a tough time, but uh, by God's grace, we can get through it. So if you're in a furnace like that in your life, in your health, uh, I will just keep on praying for you. Just ask God because, because His grace is sufficient to take you through it. And, um, yeah, thanks, Peter. Thank you, Freer. Um, it is amazing that your voice, the, your instrument, your, your sword mm. got, got taken from you, you know, yeah. and, um, and possibly you appreciate, uh, I can hear what the story is you're telling about Sunday morning, having your voice back, how, how, how wondrous it is for you, how powerful it is for you to have your voice back. Guys, I'm sorry, but for some reason, this retirement thing is getting stuck on stuck on me. Um, you know, we, we're sitting in a time of the year where people retire. You know, um, 
uh, it is you work till the end of the year, and then then um, come January you are working for your wife if you are a man, you know. So you've got a new boss, and um, while you, while we're talking, um, um, and I've seen this in business um, a couple of times where where men uh, retire, they they retire from being the CEO of the company or uh, you know a senior um, person in the company, and come January they fall apart you know they they actually um die you know they 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 oh. they they fall apart and it is because and i was talking to because i'm trying to understand it you know and and, and one of one of um one of the guys that i uh, um, talked to uh, he's a he's a um, financial uh, uh, planner and um quite a, a decent company and they actually have on staff uh, psychologists to help people not only to plan the financial uh, when they retire, but also the psychological. Because here's the here's the thing, uh, uh, and I think it works mainly with men. You know, you are in a big position in a company. You walk into the door in the morning. Your coffee is ready. There's somebody standing here with, there with your uh, tray, handing you some coffee. And you know, you've got power. You've got people that listen to you. If you want to get something done, you say, "Come to my office. Get this done. This done." You know, you've got rank. You know, if you're looking looking in a, in a military sense, you've got rank. And then you retire, and whoop, your rank is gone. If you want coffee, you're gonna have to make your own coffee. You know. Um, if your wife says you're going to clean the garden with me today, that's what you're going to do, or or or, or you're going to you're going to be in charge of the vacuum cleaner, and that messes with um, the guys' uh, minds, and and uh, and I think it's exactly what Sadie spoke about now. You know, re recalibrate your mind. You know, and 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 I'm not I'm not trying to preach to the old older gentlemen. I don't I don't think I've got the authority for that, but. If you re- recalibrate your mind, you reset your mind in saying what you know, one of my my friends retired uh, two years ago, and he said he's looking forward to retirement because he's going to into ministry, and um, um, that is um, thank you, Sandy. Um, the the importance of not falling into retirement because I, I agree with Sandy that that retirement should be taken taken off uh, out of the out of the dictionary because it's a terrible it's a terrible word it sounds like a death sentence um the the thing of of readjusting your mind to to get into the next game you know you have you, this is actually the game peter would you agree with me the, the you, we talked about the, the other day the, this the, is the start of the game the concept of retirement is not found in the bible and it's so therefore it's some sort of devil counterfeit or worldly rubbish. But, um, you know, God spends years training you. And then the world comes with greed. They don't want to pay your big salary. So they retire you. And they lose all that wisdom. And that has unfortunately happened uh for many years now, and to many people. And uh, so, no, you're 100% correct. There is no such thing. In fact, uh, one of the few things I read out of America that I believed was quite a few years ago that if you 
when you were young, if money was not a problem and you had all the time, what would you always have wanted to be? A baker or a, a candlestick maker or a fireman or a whatever. Then while you are still working and you uh, years from retirement, go back and fetch that vision and start to do that. If you want to be a baker, start making little cakes at your home for kiddies parties up the street and give them away. And eventually over the years, your product will, your name will grow. So by the time it comes to retirement, your home baking enterprise is so busy that you haven't got time for work. You're quite happy to leave your job so that you can embrace this thing. It's when you retire and you've got nothing to fill that gap. There's a, a Freak spoke about a Springbok rugby player, Dai Liefling van Loftus. What's his name? Freak, what's his name? Hoogart. Derek Hoogart. Yeah, there's a series now. I mean, he's just gone through hell. And uh, whether it was suicidal or whatever is not for me to say. But there's a whole series now on this exact thing. He was the Liefling van Loftus. And then all of a sudden, people stopped asking for his autograph because there was a new kid on the block. And he went through hell. It's like burnout. It's like burnout. You have to take a time out to rest, refire, recuperate, revision, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, you know, one right. of the... One of one of the most beautiful retirement plans I've seen, and it was many years ago, I went to go and visit a friend of mine uh, many years ago. We were in army and we came on pass and I went to go and visit uh, this little Italian friend of mine's um, house. And it was a beautiful, huge mansion. And I figured out how they did it um, later. But the fam the, 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 the papu, the, the, the dad and the, uh, the, 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 the grandfather and the grandmother, um, lived in the house with the the sons and daughters and their grandchildren and so it was a big it was a compound and um and the old man a little italian guy ran the household yeah he, it was like he was a almost a if you if you if you didn't look at it carefully you could it almost looked like a dictatorship you know but the if you if you if you look at it in depth he was in charge of the running the family home the kids can go out and do their work, right? And they, they had a family business. The kids could go out and do their work, but the grandchildren had a place to come home to. The grandchildren didn't go to a, to a, to an aftercare center or anything like that. They came back to the grandfather and the grandmother. I mean, that is and that is the the problem with the attack on the family. You know, the family gets attacked by the enemy, and we get broken apart. And the purpose of a grandfather and grandmother is one of these things is to teach the grandchildren. You know, I think it's it's one of the big shortcomings that we have in South Africa is that the the the, the grandparents are not teaching the grandchildren. And um and that's how you make golden grandchildren. Get them involved with Oma and Opa. You know. And um, you know, so that was what for me, uh, uh, I mean, this man was already financially set. 
the the kids were working in the business and and, and making that a, a bigger business. So he didn't need to bring any income, but he added value to the next generation. You know, we, I went hunting a couple of years ago with the guys that was um, in the forestry business. And the concept of their business is whatever they do today is not for them. It is for their grandchildren, not even for their children. Because you're planting trees and they take 30 years, 40 years before they can get harvested. But the other, the flip side of that coin is that they, um, their grandfather, what they did 40 years ago is what they harvest today. Yeah. So there's a, another, um, thing to add to that. Uh, but get involved, you know, don't go and sit on the stoop, get involved. It is, um, that's what I wanted to say about that. Sorry that I changed the subject. Uh, I, I just felt in my heart that this was, you know, the, 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 the sword mustn't get put in the, in the, in the showcase. It needs to be, it needs to be used. I just want to quickly say thank you very much guys for this year. We'll, we'll, um, I'll send out the messages when we start up for the new year. Um, I have learned a lot. It was a privilege of being part of this and, um, and, uh, uh hopefully next year, Sandy, you know, you're, you're going on your journey. Um, everybody's got a journey that they, that they're tackling for next year, um, that it will be blessed and that it will be, um, but take the time to rest. And, and I hope that every one of us will go, be confronted is not maybe the right word, but while you're on holiday, wherever you are, that you bring, that you be Jesus for somebody that has never met Jesus. Right. Um, remember we're on holiday, but it doesn't mean that we are not, that we're lying down and doing nothing. Um, yeah, be Jesus for somebody this, this holiday where you are in a strange place or in a, in a, in a, in a different environment. Um, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Transformation Table, where we talk about God's business. 